who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to the Matter of Stats podcast. Tonight, uh, it's just uh, me and Billy. Anthony's got the night off. Finally decided to give him a night off, you know? So, hey, Billy, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm, nice. I'm good. Nice. nice. Well, time Actually, I'm really good, good because uh, <laughs> I, tried to do the, I, I tried to do the calm and collected. I'm good. Because earlier earlier in the day, I was actually uh, digging up some info and listening to one of our older episodes from uh, like when we first started the pod. Oh, we yeah. Were, we, we were like so proper, so friendly with each other. Yeah, we were trying to be, you know, we were, uh, I think we were just trying to do the right thing, a little, you know, butterflies, nerves type of thing. And, uh, you know, once we started loosening up and stuff, I think we're, we're starting to get the hang of it. Yeah. yeah. Glad we shook that crap. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> All now right, we need good. Anthony to still shake it. He needs to loosen up a little bit. <laughs> I know, right? Well, somebody's got to uh, keep the peace, I guess, right? Right. Um, but uh, I guess we'll start with some sports headlines. The California Classic Summer League schedule was released, and uh, Lakers will face the Miami Heat on July 2nd and the Golden State Warriors on July 3rd. The NBA announced its all-NBA teams. We'll start with all-defensive teams. First team, Giannis, Mikhail Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart, and Jaron Jackson Jr., who also goes by the nickname Triple J. Shout out to Triple G, who we're going to talk about in a second here. Second team all defense, Drew Holiday, Draymond Green, Bam Adebayo, Matisse Thybul, and Robert Williams III. Also, all NBA teams were just announced today. First team, <coughs> Nikola Jokic. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Tatum, Luca, and Devin Booker. Hey, uh, just not to cut you off, but great job doing the Giannis. What do you mean? Announce his name like Anthony would have butchered that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, he would have been uh, like Atenta Kumbamu. He would have said Giannis. Yeah, that's true. Second team, Steph Curry, John Morant. Kevin Durant, DeRozan, Joel Embiid. Third team, Carl Anthony Towns, LeBron James, Pascal Siakam, CP3, and Trey Young. And in the sport of boxing, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, announced their trilogy today slated for September 17th. Woo, that's going to be a good one. Billy. I, I do wish Anthony was here because he put Canelo. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> I did have to go back and like uh, edit it real quick, so I didn't mess that up. Yeah, he did say Camelo. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I, I I like that NBA second team though. That all second team. That's a I, that's probably the most solid team out of the three, in my opinion. That's yeah, that's yeah, that that yeah. You're right, Steph, Ja, KD, DeRozan, and B. That's a that's a good second team right there. Yeah, that's a solid second team. Too bad nobody is in the playoff or no one's left except for Steph. Oh, man. Crazy stuff, man. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, great defensive teams. I thought, you know, I had Draymond uh, defensive player of the year um, in my uh, preseason picks of everything that we did. Um, but, you know, he got second team. Um, he was hurt for a little bit. And, uh, you know, o- overall good picks. And uh, I-, I can't argue with any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. As for me, you guys know, I, I, I love the sport of boxing. I talk about it all the time on this pod and I'm super excited for the Canelo Triple G trilogy fight. Uh, I'm, I'm working on trying to be there. Me and Esme are trying to get some tickets. Uh, it will likely be at the T-Mobile arena in Vegas. And if I can make oh, it happen, wow. you know, I'll be there. But if tickets are 800 bucks for nosebleeds though, I'm not there. Not so- there. So quick opinion, I know, I know I'm kind of throwing this at you last minute. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things that this kind of played out and stuff like that. You know, I know you're a big boxing guy. Do you think it's a played out deal or do you think it's, you know, relevant to do a triple? My yeah, the, trilo- the trilogy fights are never, uh, for the most part, really played out. Uh, they're called the rubber match. But uh, to me, I feel like a lot of people think that this, this uh, fight is – or this series, I guess you could call it or whatever, is one-to-one. Um, I scored both fights live when they happened. And it's funny because I thought Triple G actually won the first fight. I was like, damn, Canelo really lost when I watched it live on pay-per-view. But then when I added up all the rounds, I actually had Canelo winning by a round. And I was like surprised. And But but that's what's great. That's what's great about when you score the fight because you score it round by round. And you're, you're not counting it up as you go. You, know, you just right. add it all up at the end. And uh, I actually had Canelo winning that first fight by one round. I had it 115 to 113. Uh, it ended up as a draw with one wild scorecard. Like one judge had it 117 to 111 for Canelo, which was like insane. Uh, I don't think, honestly, I don't think that judge has judged since that fight. I could be wrong, but I don't think she's judged since that fight. Um, and, you know, most most people think Triple G won that first fight. And then I had the second fight, 116 and 112 for Canelo, as most people agreed with uh, for the most part. But like I said, most people have it 1-1. They think that Triple G won the first uh, first fight. Uh, most people think Canelo won the second fight. And now we're going into a fight that uh, is really kind of up in the air. I think it was a great move for Canelo because going to fight Bevel, the guy that just dominated him uh, into his immediate rematch clause was probably that's probably not a good idea, you know, so um, this was a smart move. It's, uh, you know, fighting an old foe that uh, he could probably still win. Triple G is almost 40 now. And, you know, it'll 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 be great for the casual fans. It'll be great for the sport of boxing, period. And It'll be a great fight. And then I think he makes a few adjustments and uh, he works on a couple things that he needs to work on to, to rematch with Bevel. And I think that will be a, a great um, part two to that, to that fight. So, yeah, I just want to get your quick opinion. Cause I know you like to uh, watch him that night of, and then you like to rewatch and mm-hmm. or type of thing and go over yeah. it closely and stuff. So I just want to get your opinion on that. And Hey, if you don't make it to Vegas, if the weekend permits, maybe I'll just have a fight here. There you go. And we, we charge Anthony six-sevenths of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, but all right, so let's move into some Lakers stuff here. So uh, which of the three head coach finalists do you think is the best candidate now and long-term, Billy? Do you like Darvin Ham? Do you like Terry Stotts? Or do you like Kenny Atkinson? 
I'm personally not a fan. And I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say I'm not a fan. I should say I don't believe either of them would be a good fit for our team right now. Um, you know, I know you like Doc, and that's still on the table from what I've been reading lately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, apparently, you know, Philly said that they're not going anywhere. They're going to keep him and all that. But, you know, you know how the proper terms are being said after – Series losses and all that type of stuff. So uh, we'll see how all that goes. I, I'm not a huge fan of Doc either. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know who I'd go with. Um, I really like Mark Jackson, but it, it all comes down to, you know, the front office on as far as they're still saying, you know, the front office is going to dictate who the assistants are. I If you're a head coach coming in, I don't think you're a fan of that at all because you want to you want to go in with the people that you're comfortable with. And, you know, you're, you're coming in, okay, I'm going to be the head coach, but I can't hire my assistants. It's kind of uncomfortable. You want to bring in the people you're comfortable with, right? Like, if you're starting yeah. a business and you have friends that are interested and knowledgeable in that business, you don't want to go and get, get some strangers, right? You, you want to bring in your own people. So, if we're going short-term, I guess, ham. If you're going long-term, I guess, thoughts because of what he did in Portland. I mean, he did a great job when... They didn't have people when they had injuries and stuff. He knew how to work through it and everything. As long as they let these guys, if you want to go long term, you go Stotts. And it, and and if you're gonna go Stotts, you gotta let him hire his own people. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's an interesting point you bring up. But you know, it's funny because I actually have it the exact opposite of what you just said. So uh, let me let me say this. Okay. It's, it's a two-part answer for me due to the uniqueness of our situation. I don't really think there's any wrong or right answers, but the question that you know was proposed to us on the, gen- the agenda was, which is the best short-term and which is the best long-term? And to me, I think that if you're asking me which coach is best now, I would probably say Kenny Atkinson or Terry Stotts. Uh, pro- probably leaning more towards Terry Stotts, given the fact that they have made the playoffs as head coaches, right? Okay. But I think the better long-term scenario would be Darvin Ham because he's actually won championships, not just made the playoffs, but won championships as a player and an assistant coach. And you might wonder why I wouldn't have Darvin Ham as the front runner now. And I would just say that the Lakers are in win-now mode. And to do that, we need proven winners in the playoffs as a coach to give us a chance. And although Darvin Ham hasn't, you know, he doesn't have championships under his belt as a coach, it's not to say that he can't. I mean, he, he probably, he, he might be able to, but there's always a learning curve in the first year or two of anything, you know. You're in a, you're in a different role, you have different responsibilities, you're you're coaching arguably the greatest franchise in sports history. That's a that's a lot to fall on a first year coach's shoulders, you know. Okay. So, so you're saying Stotts would be because he's the veteran. You would just throw him in because he has the you know he's the veteran. He can just jump in and throw and get it together. Well, so what about hypothetically? What about if they did Stotts as the head coach now and Ham as the assistant and told Stotts, hey, a couple of years down the road, you're out and Ham's going to take over. Well, and, and that that's because they tried to do that with kid, and obviously they made the wrong. Decision. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. No, no, you're 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 correct in that point. Yes, that that's that's almost that exact same scenario. Um, I don't know. I don't think Jason Kidd won a title as an assistant coach, though. Right? He he was just he won as he won a championship as a as a member of the Dallas the Dallas Mavericks, but I don't think he won a championship as an assistant coach like Darvin Darvin Ham has. Well, right? He won a, He won the bubble. He was assistant in the bubble. Oh yeah, you're right. Damn, you are right. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Man, okay. That's that's a great point. You know what? You're you're absolutely right. But you know what's funny is that that wasn't even in my argument. You, you're right. Like maybe we can bring in uh Terry Stotts and then have Darvin Ham as the assistant. We we don't know. That could that could potentially happen. But remember, uh I think I think Jason Kidd got put into that situation because they got to pick his assistants, right? So we don't know if that's or just like it did. Because, you know, the, the, the rumor was that, you know, once Vogel was done, Kid would eventually take over, which was probably only two or three years down the road, and it kind of backfired. So I don't know if you'd want to try that again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm not saying that it can't be done. It's just I think Darvin Ham's experience would be great in the long term, but maybe not. Uh, you know, right now. And, and the problem is like, like Anthony says right now, every second is critical. We can't yeah. waste these, these last good LeBron years, you know, because we're in win now mode. Here's, here's the, and, and I'll, I'll bring this back to what you just said a second ago. Uh, well, a few minutes ago about doc. So doc would be the only one of those four guys that actually has won a championship as a head coach. He he is the one. He is one of the coaches out there besides maybe Mark Jackson that would actually step up to the front office and say, "Look, this put his foot down and say, look, you're not getting involved with my meetings. You're not doing this. You're not getting involved with that. If you're hiring me, this is my show and I run the show." That no, that's one of the only yeah. coaches I see out there that's able or willing to do something like that. Right, right, right. No, I get it. And but what I was looking at was just the actual question, which is who is best for short term, who's yeah. best for long term. If you think short term. Why wouldn't you want a coach that has actually won a title? So we would bring in Doc Rivers. Now I'm not saying that he's not he's not on the table. So I'm not saying that we should do that. But the three right. candidates that we interviewed last week, which were Darvin Ham, Terry Stotts, and Kenny Atkinson, none of them have won a title uh, as a head coach. I should say Darvin Ham has won one as a player and as a um, as an assistant coach. Darvin Ham actually won it on that 2004 uh, Pistons team, which eliminated our Lakers in the finals. The the dream team Lakers that we have put together. Um, Malone was hurt. And I'm sticking to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, I know. But, but I mean, Darvin Ham was on that team. He won as an assistant. Again, it, it, if we're talking about who's the best win now scenario with LeBron, with two, maybe three years left tops, if that uh, doc is like the no brainer, but Again, like he's not even really on the table. Who knows how that chemistry is going to work? Um, you know, so who knows? But but good points. I mean, I, I I agree with what you're saying, and you know, we'll see what happens. Like like I said last week, I, I'm tired of this two three year coach thing and and flop flopping coaches, and I'm just fed up. That's why I'm just like I I, I me personally, I skip the now and look at the long term. I'm tired. I'm tired of the oh let's win now because LeBron. You know, I'm, I'm over it, man. Like, yeah, I know. I hear you, man. But that's that's the nature of, uh, I think, sports these days. What what have you done for me lately? You know, you ain't done nothing. You keep moving, you know. So I think sports are kind of all over the place with the exception of what baseball with these guys still sign for like eight years at a time. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, NBA is, you know, they're not, they're doing one and dones and they're doing, uh, you know, one, one year deals with an opt out on the second year. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it is what it is, I guess. There's nothing we can do. We're just a couple of guys talking sports without sports journalism degrees. Might I add, I had to bring that up. We're on episode like 53. We talked about that on the trailer. We guys we got guys stealing our content. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, episode 53, just a friendly reminder. We do not have sports journalism degrees. All right, so moving on, topic number two, NBA playoff update, uh, recap, and thoughts of the conference finals. It's been an interesting uh, West, East and West finals. Billy, what have, your, what have been your thoughts? Uh, currently, we're uh, two and two on the East. Uh, it seems that the momentum, though, has swung in favor of the Boston Celtics, which obviously suck for us. No, you know, us Laker fans don't want that at all. And then the Warriors were up 3-0, but last I checked, they might be losing tonight to Dallas. I haven't checked the score recently. Uh, before uh, we started, they're get, just getting blown out. Oh, man. Yeah. So Dallas is probably going to take this one, which was kind of expected in a way. Um, if Dallas had to at least get one, right? I mean – who knows? This might change the momentum. I don't know. But um, it, it's just surprising to me in that series that, you know, as far as the last game goes specifically, uh, Golden State was um, getting a lot of points in the paint. They were out rebounding Dallas. And, uh, you know, Golden State's not a big team, you know. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Wiggins, man, you got to give Wiggins a lot of credit. He's he's out there hustling. He's picking up Luka in the, in the backcourt and you know, Luca's getting his points. You know, he's he's getting 30, 40, whatever, right? But he's making it hard. He's tiring him out, wearing him down. Luca's gonna get his. I don't care who you put him on, uh, who you put on him, sorry. Uh, but as long as you make it difficult, you know, try to try to wear him down at least, make it hard on him. He's gonna get tired and and you know, Dallas needs some other players to step up. Dimwitty, you know, coming off the bench, he's a good option. But you know, he's like had one good game this series and um I, I feel they Dallas moving forward. They just need a big, you know, to to kind of get in the paint and 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 uh, do some stuff in the paint. They they miss uh, was it Porzingis that was in there, but he do they all the time. So I don't think they miss no Porzingis. You know, rumor is maybe it's to get a guy like Aiton or something going down the road. But as far as the series goes, mm-hmm. um, Luke is carrying the load. I mean, he's doing all he can, but he he definitely needs some help. And, and you can tell, you know. Certain times he's getting frustrated with the teams and the way things are going, and he's he's uh he's he's tired. You know, he you can just see it in his eyes and stuff. So, but he's a fighter and he keeps going. You can see it. What do you think on that series? Well, it's funny that you bring up Wiggins because uh you know in the beginning of this pod I had mentioned that I was digging through an old episode, you know, looking for some info, and it happened to be episode number five, and that was uh you know when I was talking about uh the Warriors being the biggest threat to the Lakers. I remember you saying that. And <laughs> yeah. And in that same breath, I say they were going to win the finals. So no, don't... I never said, I never said they were going to win the finals. I, <laughs> they were gonna, they were, I said they were going to be the biggest threat. And, but the three of us all predicted that the Lakers were going to uh, come out of the West. So if I'm yeah. saying that, and then I'm saying the Warriors are the biggest threat to that. So I guess the Warriors should come out the West, but in that same breath, like you're, <laughs> you're, your whole oh, I think he's not here to argue that. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> your 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 uh your response to that was, you know, 
I don't know what the Warriors are going to do with Wiggins, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> and tonight you just said, hey, Wiggins is killing it. So it's kind of funny because when you listen back to old episodes that were from like eight months ago yeah. and the things that we said and the things that we were predicting, some of them were were pretty comical, uh, mostly Anthony's. But uh, that's a, another subject for another day. But I think like I and I still stick to this from my earlier prediction about the Warriors, you know, eight months ago was everything that I said in that was pretty much accurate to this point, which was. I think the Warriors experience getting those three guys back. Uh, yeah, they, they hadn't played in a while, you know, because Steph was injured last year. Clay has been injured for two years. And did you but, see Bull doing what he's doing though? Yeah. Like, the, and, well, that's, that's, and that's, that's what I'm saying. And this is exactly what Warriors culture is. And I was just saying that so I, was telling, I was telling Anthony the other day, look like the culture that golden state implements uh, with Steve Kerr and playing five man basketball and just, you know, being all about winning. That is what that, that culture is like. And you can be a nobody in Minnesota and then come. And if you are in that right position and, and, and you're that right puzzle piece, you could fit seamlessly into a system like golden state, you know, kind of like, kind of like D'Lo D'Lo did the same thing. DeAndre came, you know, he was a, a, a good player, solid player in Russell. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, and then he comes to Golden State, and he's, like, shining, you know? So I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that players that kind of uh, move into the system and move out of the system, they're different players when they're in Golden State. So I just think that um, everything that happened with Golden State this year leading into the season, uh, with them all being healthy, them, they don't need they didn't need time to, like, readjust. You know, that, that was a few of the points that you and Anthony were making uh, in that early episode where, you know, they haven't played in a while. It's going to take right. them time. Clay's not going to come back right away. It's going to take them time. But to me, it was like, it's not like this was a brand new team. Like, they had already won two, three championships. They had won three championships already, and they don't need to go through that learning process, that, that learning curve. They already had it under control, and it was just a matter of, you know, uh, making it happen. And and I think they did that this year. And, you know, even though they're probably going to go down three, three, or they're going to be up three, one in this uh, series, they're going to come out the West uh, barring any kind of catastrophic uh, uh, issues here, because we know Warriors have been known to blow three, one leads, but I don't see that happening with a young uh, Dallas Luca led team. Um, I think that uh, Warriors should take care of business easy. And on the East, uh, unfortunately, I do kind of think that the Boston Celtics have gained the momentum. Um, uh, Miami's dealing with a bunch of injuries right now, uh, which Anthony is going to love to hear because he's like, you can't act like they don't matter. Yes, I get that they don't matter, but Boston, Boston and Miami both have like the top two, like, the best defenses in the whole league, you know? So when you have two teams that have the best defense and then you have one team that's not really like the best scoring team and they're also injured, it kind of does look like Boston's going to ultimately come out of the East. But, but thought that day, like you, you kind of see it. It's like whatever team is hot shooting that day is the one that kind of comes out on top. Yeah. 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 But I mean, ultimately I think even if it ended, it doesn't matter who ends up against uh golden state. Ultimately, I think Miami is a better matchup. I think they can you know, right. play some better defense if they're healthy, but whoever comes out of the East probably is not going to stand any chance, any chance against golden state. They're just, they're too poised. They're too experienced. They have great culture. They have great shooting. They have great defense. There's nothing yeah. that, that Golden State is not going to be able to overcome in an NBA Finals, which they have been there already. Boston and Miami have not 
really been there, uh, you know, Boston, not in a while. And then Miami was there in the bubble and, you know, Lakers obviously. Maybe I never, I never so, thought it was going to be hard for Clay to fit back in because that, that threesome, you, it, it's just something that's like riding a bike. You just get back on. Right. Yeah. But I just thought it, it was all depending on like how Clay's body felt and how confident he was in himself. Yeah. That was my thing. And then as far as the Wiggins thing, Joe, shout out to all the smoke podcasts. I was listening to them today. And they were saying uh, same thing. You know, you, you go into a different culture where you got veterans and stuff that that practice a certain way. They do things a certain way. And, you know, you learn all that stuff. And look, look what he's doing now. You know, he's doing little things. It's not necessarily he doesn't think it's all about him. He's going in there just doing his thing. And he's probably doing more than, you know, everyone expects. And, you know, I know they're talking about maybe not having him next year, but I, I think that's a bad moves on I, th- I think he's really he can really make a career staying in golden state um hey uh so a couple things so drake has a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bid i believe it is for the warriors to come out of the west oh, that'll, that. that'll be a nice payout for him right but here's the here's the best part is that anthony being a huge laker fan like he is with us he will have to root. He has no choice. He has to root for the Warriors in the NBA Finals because he hates Boston, obviously. So he's gonna have to be a Warriors fan with Mossy for 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 the uh, for the NBA Finals. Oh, what do you think about that? You're, so you're saying with that statement, you're saying Boston's in the finals? No, I'm just saying if it happens, if it happens, okay. if, if Boston goes to the finals, okay. Anthony will have to root I, for I, the I, Warriors I, by default. You know, I want to make sure I heard that right. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a crazy stat out there, um, you know, they, they've been talking about it for the past few days. Luca uh, is, you know, he, he's broken the 40-point playoff game record for the Dallas Mavericks. I think he has eight games, I believe the stat is, that he scored 40 or more, but he's two and six in those eight games. Yeah, that, that's nuts, and he's only like 23 or 24, but yeah, the record... You know, that's what everyone looks at, right? You know, you, yeah. you have the stats and everything, but are you winning with that stat? Yeah. So that goes to show, like, he needs help, plain and simple. Well, I don't know that he needs help because – Well, he needs, like, another solidified star. Maybe not a superstar, like Anthony likes to say, but, like, a solidified star, like someone that can, that can you know, help him out with the load and someone he can kick it out to and stuff like that because – you know, he has guys there, but they're not, they're not solidified and they're not, you know, they're not consistent. No, no, no. I think, I think, okay. So I think what he needs to do is utilize his skills a little bit better and, and uh, involve his teammates better, which is something that actually Jason well, Kidd, I think was saying in the beginning of the season that Luca needs to trust his players more. Yeah. I was just about to say that because yeah. I, I think uh, Kobe went through that phase as well. Yeah. Of course, of course, there was a lot of a lot of uh, questionable, um, you know, plays that Kobe was making where he was taking shots with like four guys draped on him. And, you know, Kobe's a, a, a player that can make those kind of shots. But are, is the likelihood uh, better if he, you know, takes that shot or if he dishes and finds the open man, which, again, I mean, you know, I, he, he got better as, the, as his career went on. And he was one of the top guards ever in the history of the league. Um, to to score the amount of points that he had with the assists as well, so we can't we can't ignore that. That I don't, I don't remember the exact stat off the top of my head, yeah. but he he like led like like shooting guards or something in like points and assists or something. Definitely an underrated passer. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it is a great uh, transition into this next topic that we're going to get into though. Um, 
you know, with the recent the special Kobe Slam magazine that recently came out, um, what is your favorite Kobe commercial? And we're saying that because pretty much every commercial that came out had one of his shoes involved. So, Billy, what what commercial uh, do you have in mind as your favorite? I personally, my favorite is the 81 point commercial with Jalen Rose. <laughs> the uh, 81 olives in the martini. Yeah. That's yeah. probably my favorite one. Yeah, that 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 is definitely classic. Um, one of the more recent ones for sure. I do remember a couple Kobe commercials for sure. Uh, I, I like the one with uh, where Kanye and all the other celebrities were there and Kobe's like, you got to do more, you know, you got to do more. And they're like, how much more can I do? You know, uh, that was, that was probably, I think like back in like 2011, 12, again, that was a shoe one, uh, which was pretty good, but I love, I, I, I don't know ex- exactly, but I'm pretty sure that this was his first commercial with Adidas, but it was during his rookie season and they were, they were debuting his first shoe that he would wear, which was the, the EQT elevation. And I'm I'm not like a like a crazy sneakerhead or know much about shoes or anything like that. But if I'm not mistaken, it was the shoe that he wore, but it didn't have like his name or branding or anything as part of the marketing for the shoe. Okay. But I thought that that commercial was super cool. I, I was a 14 year old kid getting ready to start high school, uh, and I was watching Kobe in that commercial balling dudes up on what appeared to be a court at Venice Beach, which was awesome. And uh, what was cool about it was I like that uh, it started off in the rain and Kobe was like, he had like an umbrella and he was like, sunny California. (laughs) And uh, him and the guys were all on the bleachers and they were holding up a tarp. And Kobe's like, man, if it wasn't raining, I would be busting y'all up right now. And then and the sun comes out and Kobe starts like balling up, dunking on people, hitting them up with the killer crossovers borderline like illegal crossovers because he's like going up over his head but that that was like the crossover at that time i loved it especially like being a freshman in high school i saw guys doing that crossover and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna steal that i don't remember Um, but he just sent it to me yeah yeah i'll send it to you i i've seen it a bunch of times like i I saw it as a kid like a million times i had it on vhs i recorded it um it was something that i love to watch uh because Honestly, at that time, uh, I, I was watching a lot of, this was 1996 when that commercial came out, 96, 97. And I was watching a lot of White Man Can't Jump. I love that movie. Like one of my all-time favorite sports movies, if not my favorite. And uh, that commercial had that vibe because they were um, they were at Venice Beach and they were balling, you know, and Kobe was balling up all his friends. But the thing I loved about that commercial, though, like in hindsight, looking back on it was... Kobe, Kobe had that, a cockiness about him at 17 years old, you know, and he's out there telling like, man, if it wasn't raining, I'll be busting y'all up. You know, he's like, I'll put the brakes on. And he's like, yeah, I'll hit you with the crossover. And he was just like talking so much smack, like as a rookie, you know, and I guess you could say that you could see that mama mentality in him that early, you know, in his career. And, you know, again, looking back on it and on, on, you know, in hindsight, you'd be like, dang, like, that's crazy that, that Kobe, uh, you know, had that confidence and, you know, we saw it in the slam dunk, uh, championship and all that, but, but yeah, man, um, you know, I, I personally had, I had five different Kobe shoes. I, I loved, uh, supporting Kobe. I loved, um, you know, wearing his, his shoes and, um, you know, I have a pair of Mamba Rages that my wife bought them for me as a, as a birthday gift before he passed away. And, you know, I wore them out 
um, for two years on the basketball courts. And people used to give me crap about it. Like, why are you wearing your Kobe's out on the court? And I'm like, they're basketball shoes, man. Like you got to wear them out on the court. Like Kobe would want that, you know? So, um, but I have them still in my room. I'll never throw them out. They're kind of falling apart, but you know, it is what it is. And I, I, again, I had five pair and I, I enjoyed wearing them and I, I liked them. How about you, man? I had, I had the sixes. I believe it was. They were uh, black and gold. The Nikes, then, right? Yeah, they were black and gold, and they had like the, the kind of the hard, the hard top. Uh, yeah, I think you had the line. Pro Tros. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Pro Tros. Um, I used to wear those a lot. I started playing ball in them outside and stuff, but um, unfortunately, with you know, with my feet, they weren't comfortable for me. Um, that's just me. I mean, other people they might have been comfortable before, but um, so I stopped playing in them. But uh, I did wear them around and stuff. You know, I started just wearing them here and there, but. I wish I had more of them. I, I tore those up and, uh, you know, I, I was, I got rid of them. I shouldn't have, um, definitely regret that, but God, you know, uh, Vanessa and Nike, they, uh, they come out with another agreement. They come out with some shoes. So hopefully I can cop something off the sneaker app or something like that. And, uh, you know, more stuff's going to come out and hopefully we can, we can grab some more of them. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Like, I'm excited that they renewed that contract, and I, I would love to get my hands on a pair. Unfortunately, obviously, we know there there's going to be uh, you know people on the second hand that might be selling them for triple, quadruple the amount. But one of the um, articles that you know was in our text chat at one point was that I don't know if it was Adidas or not, but they're re-releasing two of his first shoes, which are the the Elevation and the Crazy Eights. I saw that. Yep. Which yeah, which I had both of. And again, the the one from the commercial I was just telling you about was his elevation, the the first the first shoe that he wore that uh, didn't have his name or likeness or whatever to it. But I love that shoe. I think I like that one better than the than the uh, Crazy Eight, and I would love to have that one again. They're they're releasing it in a different colorway though that wasn't from the original. Um, and I think they're doing that because I uh, I think that um, they can't use his his likeness or his image so they're kind of like spinning it and doing it in a different way which he went to nike um adidas still released his shoes but just changed the name on it and stuff you know but i try to get them eat the ones that one that just came out but i i, I was i was you know i just i, I couldn't do it <laughs> it was hard man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know what i don't know what version they were but um they have you know you've seen them right they have like the mama skin and stuff like that on them i don't know exactly um the the, the, the talk about the grinches proto i don't remember what they were but um you're talking about the grinches the nike Grinches. no 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 the one, oh. the one um they just came out like a month ago um okay. the, the ones black and white with uh uh Gian. oh yeah yeah the one with, with like Gigi, him and Gigi. yes 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 Yes, I know exactly which one you're talking about. They got the number two to honor both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. I want to go so bad, but I, I missed the draw. And Hold on, let me, let me just, you know, since we're on and, you know, we, we got time, let me look it up real quick. Kobe Bryant, GG, shoot. Because he made a shoe with, the, with that snakes and stuff, and that was one of his last ones. Yeah, well, Nike Nike had put out a Mamba line after he retired. Right. So it, it wasn't directly correlated with his Kobe line because they had like the Kobe two, three, four, five, six, and they like, you know, numbered them. But after he retired, they came out with a Mamba line that like honored Kobe and still had like the snake and still had like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And all that. So 
Um, and it was kind of like a less expensive version, um, which is what I had. I had the Mamba Rages in like 2018-ish. Um, and then they came out with another one right after that. Um, and that was it. But it looks like these ones are the Nike uh, Sweet 16s. But yeah, man, um, I, I don't have a copy of the, the issue yet. And I can't wait to get it and uh, check out all the shoes and uh, maybe revisit some of the commercials. Uh, yeah, I got to find that. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll definitely have to get that. But if you find it, just grab a couple. Yeah. 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 No <laughs> problem. I got you guys. Hey, I got you guys on this one. No problem. And Anthony's got us for the fight. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that probably about wraps it up. Uh, let's see. We didn't do 15 minutes. Eh, we did, you know, a couple, you know, 30, you know, a few minutes over. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good conversation, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, fun conversation. We appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Uh, Billy's got business cards now. So if you see Billy out, out on the streets, sure. make sure you hit him up. You know, Matter of Sass Podcast. We're out on Apple, uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify. We got the IG. We got the Twitter. We got everything. Make sure you guys follow us and uh, hit us up. Give us the feedback. We get feedback all the time from peeps. We love it. Um, we got something in store possibly for the for the season finale coming up here in a few weeks. So stick around, keep checking in. You guys might like it. Yes, sir. All right, Billy. Well, appreciate it, man. Uh, have a good night. We'll see you guys back next week. The three man weave maybe. And uh, have a good night. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.